We continue worshiping God now as we come to Him in the Gospel reading for this morning from the Gospel of John in the fifth chapter, starting in the 19th verse. I invite you as you're able to stand for the reading. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of His own accord, but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all that He Himself is doing. And greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. The Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent Him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears My word and believes in Him who sent Me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. The Gospel of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Today, as we continue in this series of 1 John, I hope to paint some vivid pictures for you from his letter about what walking in the light is and what it isn't. When you go on a journey, you pack certain things, certain essentials, maybe a few extras, things you know you want or need. And when you pack those items, either they help you or they hinder you. And what we discover in John's letter is he is packing it full of what it it means to walk in the light, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be packed with the things that we need to go on this journey of following Jesus. But sometimes we pack things that hinder us. Ann Dillard tells the story of the Franklin Expedition that happened in 1845. It was Her Majesty's Navy and they were going to tackle the polar caps heading to the Arctic. And they brought what they needed. They packed their ship plumb full with things like, let me read for you, 1,200 volume library. A hand organ that played 50 tunes. China place settings, several China place settings for the officers and men. Cut glass with wine goblets, sterling silver flatware. But you know what they didn't bring? They didn't bring special clothing for the Arctic weather. The sad testimony of this expedition is is that every one of those 138 sailors died. They were found later, some of them frozen with, I kid you not, backgammon pieces in their hands. They had so much with them, but not what they needed. And we are invited to be on a journey as well. This journey called walking in the light of God. This journey that John paints for us in his epistle. 
This journey that reminds us of what it means to live life and to follow Jesus. And whether it's our own ambition or our own distractions, or Satan himself that sometimes make us blind, we often pack the wrong things for this journey. As we recall from last week, John reminds us to remember that he is writing this so that our joy might be complete, so that we would be enabled to walk in Christ, to walk in the light. And so as we get into chapter 2 this morning, John reminds us of the promises of God. He says, I, I write these things so that you might not sin. Having been forgiven in repentance, he reminds us that forgiveness isn't permission like we sometimes think it is. We're called in response to that grace to follow. But if you do sin, he says, we have an advocate. An advocate. Jesus tells us in John's Gospel that no one can snatch us out of his hand. That in Christ, as we read in the Gospel reading this morning, we have eternal life. No, we can't misunderstand forgiveness as permission, but neither should we hold off on going to God's grace when we sin. Somehow we think, oh, I, I, I have to hold off a while to make sure I really feel this sorrow for what I've done. It's never too late for you to come to Jesus with your need for repentance. It's never too soon. He says, my little children, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. And so, as one pastor put it, we're reminded in John chapter 2 not to sin, but also not to despair when we do. So the first thing we pack for this journey, we recall from last week and again here in chapter 2, we pack repentance, and then we receive that gift of grace. And as we follow him in obedience, verse 6 says, whatever... Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Walking in the light now is marked with repentance and obedience. And it leads to what we find in verse 7 today, love. John calls us his beloved. One author wrote a whole book about the life of the beloved. The Christian is marked by love. John says this old and new commandment is something we've had from the beginning. One scholar points out that there are two different words for new in the Greek New Testament. One in respect to time and the other in respect to quality. What's new about this new commandment isn't that it's come here now for the first time. What's new is its quality. And its quality is revealed in Christ, Jesus, incarnate, sacrificial love. He comes into the real world. Sometimes folks will say, well, we come to church and now we're done. I'll go back into the real world. No, Jesus comes into our real world, the things of our daily lives. 
And it's there that he wants our joy to be complete. It's there in the real world that he has entered into that we begin to love as a mark of being a Christian. The next thing that we pack for this walking in the light journey is love. And it begins, he says, by loving one another. So how are we engaged in loving other Christians? To do that, it means more than just showing up for about an hour or so on Sunday. It means engaging each other's lives, doing life together. Now we can do that in all kinds of ways. We can do that as we fellowship in a Bible study or in a small group or on a service project or mission, that, like one of the ones we'll hear about later this morning. We can do that also by just simply doing life together. Yeah, that means picking up the phone maybe and, and scheduling a coffee with a brother or sister in Christ. It means helping each other, praying for one another, bringing meals for one another when we're sick. It means even helping each other move. It means loving each other in the daily things of life. We are called and invited to be marked by this love. I challenge you this week to find ways to be engaged, whether it's another body, a member of the body of Christ in your own home, or someone across the aisle from you this morning. Let's get engaged in the fellowship of other Christians and let the world see that we're marked by love. Verse 11 tells us that we are blinded when we hate one another, that we walk in darkness, that we're not in the light. We may stumble into the dark sometimes, but God reminds us to repent of that and pour forth in love. And we do that out of the grace that God has given us. I like how Eugene Peterson puts it. He says, my grammar book says that the middle voice is the use of the verb which describes the subject as participating in the results of the action. You and I, we live in the middle voice. We act out of the results of the action done for us in Christ. We love out of what God has done first. And so verse 12, we're reminded whether you are a little child in the faith, just coming to Jesus for the first time, or whether you are a young man, he's talking there about those who have been following Jesus for a while but are still being mentored uh, in the faith, and that, or a father, someone who is a sage or a guide in our walk in Christ. He says to all of them, all of us, we are forgiven. And out of this forgiveness and out of this grace pours out this new covenant of love. This new quality of love revealed by the sacrifice of Jesus. So we walk in light with our sins forgiven. And we don't despair if we've accidentally packed or intentionally packed the wrong thing, instead of gripping the backgammon game, we need to hold on to repentance and then obedience and now love. And we do that, he says, by abiding 
in Christ. And abiding in Christ and holding to his words tightly helps us avoid those false teachers that have come and continue to come. The Antichrist, not the Antichrist that he writes about that will come in the very end. He's talking about Antichrist all around us. These false teachers trying to lead us astray from who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing. This summer I was on a trip in Minneapolis and I was on a walk in the downtown and I stumbled across the old building for the Lutheran Bible Institute of Minneapolis. It's now being used uh, by a great ministry called Teen Challenge. But I stumbled across the cornerstone and I read this, had to take a picture of it. Not only because I went to the Lutheran Bible Institute in Seattle, but because this promise warmed my heart and reminded me, no matter what changes come, God's word abides. The word of our God shall stand forever. And so we fight against false teachers and false beliefs and false teachings when we abide in his word. And so the next thing that we need to pack on this journey of walking in the light is to be in God's word. To do that together, individually, and in our homes. Abiding in Christ is abiding in his word. And remembering just who it is that Jesus really is. And part of abiding in Christ then is this right belief revealed in the God who is incarnate, the God who rose from the dead, and the God who is alive today in Christ Jesus. And so we have to pack God's word into this journey. We have to abide in Christ. And we do that in this last hour. We do it in the last hour, again, not, as Luther points out, not just as a mark of time, as a shortness or, or length of time. After all, John said that the last hour has come with these false teachers clamoring in our ears. 1,900 years ago, he wrote that. And so, it's not just the shortness of time, but because of the nature of the teaching that this doctrine of the person and work of who Christ is, is the final word, the last word for our lives. And we need to abide in Him and abide in that forever. And so we receive these gifts, we pack these gifts of repentance, of receiving that forgiveness and obeying it obeying Him, and then loving one another. And as we do that, then abiding in Christ. Can we find ways to pack that into our week this week? Loving one another boldly, abiding in Christ, repenting. And when we do that, we respond to this grace given to us. And we don't live with two masters. We don't walk in the darkness and the light then. Imagine as David Allen, Allen who wrote about this text said, if you're married today, imagine uh, what it was like when the proposal came. 
Did he say to you or did she say back to you, yeah, yeah, that sounds great, except you need to know I'll I'll do life with you, except uh, I love someone else and they've got to be part of my life too. Not exactly God's plan. God is inviting us to walk in the light. And we do that by packing these promises as marks of what it means to follow Jesus. Repent and receive. Love and abide in Him. This belief in His Word and His pursuits for us. Let us pack that into our week, into our lives, into this promise, into this journey that He has given us. Walk in the light. Amen.